Well, if you weren't interested in climate change before, you'll definitely be interested in climate change now. If you like dumb stuff. <laughs> and we know you like dumb stuff. Jeez, it's Wednesday already. I like it when weeks move fast. But I found this delightful article from theconversation.com. <clears throat> I don't care about them or the the author, Aaron Fitzhender, Fitz. Yeah. Headline. Climate change is is white colonization of the atmosphere. It's time to tackle this entrenched racism. Published July 11th. <laughs> uh, I can't help. <laughs> Quote, climate change is racist, unquote. So reads the title of a recent book by British journalist Jeremy Williams. While this title might seem provocative, it's long been recognized that people of color suffered disproportionate harms under climate change, and this is likely to worsen in the coming decades. However, most rich white countries, including Australia, are doing precious little to properly address this inequity. For the most part, they refuse to accept the climate debt they owe to poorer countries and communities. In so doing, they sentence millions of people to premature death, disability, or unnecessary hardship. This includes in Australia, where climate change compounds historical wrongs against First Nations communities in many ways. So I think in Australia, First Nations is like uh, Native Americans over here, you know, stateside. This injustice, a type of atmospheric colonization, in quotes, is a form of deeply entrenched colonial racism that arguably represents the most pressing global equity issue of our time. Several upcoming global talks, including the Pacific Islands Forum this week, offer a chance to urgently elevate climate justice on the global agenda. So now, <clears throat> equity means it has to be the same temperature everywhere. <laughs> oh, who... Well, I mean, where do these ideas come from? Well, I, I guess we got into it a little bit yesterday. That this is what higher education is cranking out now. Not the cure for cancer, which, I mean, who am I kidding? It already exists, but we just don't get it. It's people that are skilled at turning everything into racism. I've, I've had fun playing games with how to make everything racist. It's, it's pretty fun. But I think this person wants to be take, taken seriously. But of course, it's not the, the debate on whether climate change is racist or not. That doesn't interest me at all. But what is interesting, I think, is the health issues that are being attributed to climate change now that we're in the thick of this vaccine culture 
see nobody claimed that climate change was causing people to spontaneously drop dead until they started forcing everyone to get COVID-19 vaccines. Now, if you search climate change heart problems, you get an article like this from nature.com. Cardiovascular risks of climate change. Extreme heat events are now more frequent in many parts of the world as a result of climate change. The combined effects of heat, air pollution, individual age, and socioeconomic and health status are responsible for avoidable acute events of cardiovascular disease and need to be considered in order to prevent and treat cardiovascular diseases effectively. So do you see the course we're taking here? They've effectively constructed the narrative to steer our culture into this place where they can attribute the causes of these problems that they created. They can, but they can deflect this responsibility into, no, no, it's climate change. It's definitely not the experiments that we've been running on you for the last three years with the help of the CDC and the FBA, the, the FBA, <laughs> the FDA, and the World Health Organization. Here's an article from ScienceDaily.com. Back in 2019, Heart attack or myocardial infarction is the number one cause of death worldwide. A new study shows that the risk of suffering a heat-induced heart attack has increased significantly in recent years. During the same period of time, no comparable changes in cold weather heart attack risks have been recorded. Full story, the environment can have a major effect on the human cardiovascular system. It has long been assumed that severe spikes in temperature increase the risk of heart attack. In the case of very high and very low temperatures in particular, this has been clearly demonstrated. In this latest study, we wanted to see what extent the heat and cold-related heart attack risk has changed over the years. This is poorly written. But let's just see. Let us just see what we can learn about heat-induced heart attacks. Well, it's really interesting how much information has changed in the COVID era. There is literally nothing about heat-related heart attacks before the age of COVID. To the contrary, actually, temperature drops put the squeeze on heart attack risk, reads the headline from the Scientific American in 2010. But a few other interesting things that I came across, or, or I should say interesting thing, is that same article about... <clears throat> 
heart attack risk. Oh, what was it? I need, I need the exact words for my own OCD. Ah, yes, yes. Climate change, colon, heat-induced heart attack risk on the rise. Article after article with the same headline. Now, when you see that kind of thing, are you inclined to think, oh, this article is legit because it's literally the same article across multiple websites? Or do you think this is propaganda coming from a single source as the Nazi minister of propaganda said was most effective disseminated to many outlets? That's what I think. Because Joseph Goebbels, the minister of propaganda for the Nazi regime said, your propaganda has to come from the same place. In our case, it's the screen. So, in fact, it's not heat. I mean, heat is can be unhealthy. Heat causes heat stroke. One should not take heat lightly. I hate the heat. I can't sleep. I have to have the air conditioner pointing straight at me. Then last night, I had the fan and the air conditioner going in the room. And I still had a hard time fallen asleep i know i know i'm your river of tears is on the way but we have to blame now see this is this is where i start to get really curious because i i tend to be a little bit hesitant with the nefarity of of all of these events. Because it's easy to see how they could be connected. But for me, it's also easy to see how it may just be a simple matter of greed and coincidence. It certainly does seem like the COVID outbreak was deliberate, meant to perpetuate Build Back Better, the Great Reset, the New World Order. Because we have the virus that comes out, and this is another thing that exists in these articles. You read the studies about heat-induced heart attack <clears throat> and then go over and read the studies about uh, heart problems with COVID-19 and they say, well, the vaccine can show an increased risk of myocarditis and pericarditis but then also, you see an increase of myocarditis and, para- and pericarditis in COVID-19 infected patients. I mean, it doesn't mention that they're 
that they could be COVID-19 infected and also have the vaccine. But when you consider that the spike protein that existed in the virus, if you believe in viruses, don't get me started on all that. The same protein exists, well, not necessarily exists within the vaccine, but the whole idea of the vaccine is that it changes your DNA and prompts this response in your body to create the same spike protein. And there's been studies that show that the spike protein is dangerous and that they never should have been doing this. So it's hard to deny the possible connect or the, you know, the possibility of a connection between the people that created the virus allegedly and the people that are creating the vaccine, both working at least towards the same goal, if not hand in glove with each other. But it's also possible that they just saw an opportunity to be profitable and they went for it. And see, all of these major companies also own the mainstream media. So they can do these horrible things in the name of making a profit and then turn around and spin it to you in the news so that nobody gets together to go protest out inside of their buildings or out in front of their buildings. Nobody's protesting at Pfizer. Nobody's protesting at CNN or MSNBC for being the bullshit artists that they are. And why is that, do you think? Why, why, why does nobody block the highways in the name of ending propaganda? but they'll go lay down in front of cars to stop this climate change. Why, why the constant push to end climate change? You know, I'm, let's, let's see how many, it was something like 61 climate change predictions that were wrong. From the Western Journal, all the times global warming predictions were dead wrong. Ten failed global warming predictions. Thank you, Western Journal. Prediction number one. <coughs> oh, what's going on here? I'm trying to do things and my machine's protesting. There, we'll see if that helps. Prediction number one. Global cooling is the real problem. When the environmentalist movement began in earnest back in the 70s, a lot of bad stuff started happening in the 70s. Climate change was still a core tenet of true believers. Unlike now, however, they were more concerned about an ice age than a planet that was too hot. Prediction number two, if global warming isn't reversed by the year 2000, it will be too late to avert catastrophe. That was the 1989 prediction by Noel Brown 
and environmentalist Aparchik at the United Nations. Weird. That global body that has brought us so much rubbish when it comes to failed global warming predictions. Thank you. Who is this author? C. Douglas Golden. Follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Prediction number three, we'll be living in Antarctica pretty soon. Ten years ago, a group called Forum for the Future predicted that we would be living in a world so dire that we would actually have to move to Antarctica as climate refugees. Yeah. Remember that movie? I, I forget which one it was. <clears throat> Where uh, uh, the, the poles were going to shift, the North and South Pole. You know, we got the ice caps. Instead of having ice caps, we were going to have an ice belt. So the, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the climate, I guess, on the Earth would reverse and we would have habitable North and South Poles and then the closer you got to the equator, the more frigid and uninhabitable it would become. Well, look, I, I, I say it all the time. Science is set. I mean, even I hate the term science is settled, but we can all agree on the Ice Age, right? The Ice Age was real. Let's, let's just ask the computer. Was the Ice Age real? Was there really an ice age? From Wikipedia. You know Wikipedia doesn't lie about anything. <laughs> an ice age is a long period of reduction in the temperature of the Earth's surface and atmosphere, resulting in the presence or expansion. La, 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 la. Wikipedia is useless. <clears throat> And by useless, I just mean too much reading. <laughs> but we'll go with history.com. There was an ice age 650,000 years ago that lasted for 50,000 years. Okay, thank you. And it's been getting warmer ever since, right? <clears throat> Not to mention the record keeping. I, I found this other really, really not intelligent article from The Atlantic, not surprisingly. We're screwed. 11,000 years worth of climate data prove it by the climate desk, of course, because these bullshit artists don't want to put their name on any of their bullshit because they're cowards. It shows the average global temperature over the last 2,000 years. Well, let's see. <clears throat> when was the thermometer invented? The history of the thermometer. 1867. Okay. So they had no... Oh, I almost said the F word. They had no idea what the temperature was prior to 1867. They had no idea. But we're going to go all in. And, and now, 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 why could this be? I got I to gotta get into the good stuff sometime. Well, let's see. We got this giant push for uh, electric vehicles, right? Now, where would all the electric vehicles be manufactured do you think do you want to take a guess 
China. But what about what about solar panels? You know, there's a big push for solar energy right now, you know, to get away from the coal burning power plants, etc. Well, where are most of the solar panels manufactured? China. What about the batteries? The batteries that they use in the electric vehicles and and the uh you know for the solar power systems because that's the problem with the solar power is you can't you can't just hook your electrical outlets up to the solar panels the solar panels have to absorb the solar energy and store it in a battery so where are all of those batteries made i'll give you a guess yep you're right i'll be back goodbye